0: How many of you forgot to read your Bible this past week? How many people honestly forgot to read your word? Okay, thank you. How many people did not forget but just didn't read the word? I saw a few hands. How many, of you, how many people read their Bible every day this week? Now here's a question. How many of you obeyed the word that you read? Good. How many of you fell short this week? How many of you asked God for forgiveness this week? How many of you told God everything is cool between us? (laughs) No? Okay. (laughs) Well, today we're going to be looking at a text where it will cause you to probably go, wow. Then it will cause you to... Hopefully, take a, a look at your life and reevaluate where you are in the Lord. One of the things that I've come to realize is that if there's any distance between us and God, it is not because God has moved, it's because we have moved. If there's ever any separation, between where we once were and where we are now, and that distance has increased, it is, again, not because of what God has done or because he's moved, but because we have increased the distance between us and God. There should be always a move forward in our lives, even when we at times may fall back and go, oh, Lord, it should always help us to continue to go forward. You see, there are some people who take a step backwards and they just say, I'm here. I might as well just stay here. The Lord said, that is not why I created you, and that's not what my uh, uh, forgiveness is for. It is always to help you to recognize and to realize that my grace is sufficient for you. Today in your Bible, let's look at these passages. We're going to look at Leviticus chapter 18, verses 1 through 9. Then we're going to skip down to verses 22 through 24. Then we're going to read. Now, I said 18. Scratch the 18 and make that Leviticus 8. Yes, scratch the 18, make that Leviticus 8 1 through 9. Verses 22 through 24. Verse 23, 33. Rather, Then we're going to move to parts of chapter 9, and it's beginning at chapter 10, a few verses there. Now again, we'll call them out as I read them, if you're writing them down, so I will call them all out as I get to them. Let's pray for the word. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would, as we pray for the word of God. I pray, rather, (laughs) for the messenger, because I definitely need God's help. We thank you today for the privilege that you've given us to open the Word. Thank you for the worship service. Thank you for those that are here. And today we are praying that we will hear the Word of God, that we will be reminded. The Bible says that we are to hear and to obey. Today we pray that as we look into the Scriptures, Look into what God is saying, that you will give us insight from your word. Give us practical application. Help us to recognize that the word of God says that what we do for Christ will last. The Lord's eyes goes to and fro through the whole world. You behold everything. And we thank you right now that you are able to keep that which we have committed to you. Against that great day, we give you the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I will allow you to sit as we read the word. Leviticus chapter 8, beginning at verse number 1. And this is what it says, reading from the New International Version. The Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron and his sons, their garments, the anointing oil, the bull for the sin offering, the two rams and the basket containing bread made without yeast, And gathered the entire assembly at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. The assembly gathered at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Moses said to the assembly, this is what the Lord has commanded to be done. Then Moses brought Aaron and his sons forward and washed them with water. He put the tunic on Aaron, tied the sash around him, clothed him with the robe, and put the ephod on him. He also tied the ephod to him by its skillfully woven waistband, so it was fastened on him. He placed the breastpiece on him and put the Urim and Thummim in the breastpiece. Then he placed the turban on Aaron's head and set the gold plate, the sacred diadem, on the front of it as the Lord commanded him. Skip down to verse 22, still in chapter 8, 22 through 24. He then presented the other ram, the ram for the ordination. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands their hands. On its head. Moses slaughtered the ram and took some of its blood and put it on the lobe of Aaron's right ear, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. Moses also brought Aaron's sons forward and put some of the blood on the lobes of their right ears, on the thumbs of their right hands and on the big toes of their right feet. Then he sprinkled blood against the altar on all sides. Verse 33. Still in chapter 8. Verse 33. Do not leave the entrance to the tent of meeting for seven days until the days of your ordination are completed. For your ordination will last seven days. Chapter 9, verse 4. I'm going to read. go back to verse 3. Then say to the Israelites, Take a male goat for a sin offering, a calf and a lamb, both a year old and without defect, for a burnt offering, and an ox and a ram, for a fellowship offering, to sacrifice before the Lord, together with the grain offering mixed with oil. For today the Lord will appear to you. Verse 6, chapter 9, verse 6. Then Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded you to do, so that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. In that same chapter, go to verses 23 and 24. Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting. When they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. Chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, which will conclude our reading. Aaron's sons Nadab Nadab and Abihu took their censers, put fire in them, and added incense. And they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. And they died before the Lord. Moses then said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke of when he said, among those who approach me, I will show myself holy in the sight of all the people. I will be honored. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. As a title, I have given the priesthood established and confirmed. The priesthood established and confirmed. The ephod that we read earlier was an apron-like garment worn from the waist down and held in place by straps. It was part of the attire for the high priest. The breast piece that was mentioned went over the ephod This was worn by the high priest solely, not by the priest, the high priest. The breastpiece was like a pouch that held the special stones that were were sometimes used to discern God's will. The Urim and Thummim were placed within the pouch of the breastpiece. It was a pouch that folded over and the stones were put in there, and there were times when the people or the priests would need to consult God, and they would use this device that God had put in place. It is unclear exactly how they were completely used. The Bible does not specify altogether. Of course, there are different ideas, and it gives some indications, but evidently these two devices, or these two stones rather, would basically answer the question possibly of yes or no, whatever it was. Whether one stone would be light and the other dark, God would use these at times when it was unclear of what the people were to do. In the breast piece of this vestment, there were four rows of stones, and on these stones were the names of the twelve tribes of Israel they were engraved on the breastpiece and not only on that they were put on the shoulders of the ephod that was on Aaron now on the ephod this vestment that went around him was used for Aaron's service before the Lord on the ephod there were six names if i if i uh, recall correctly of the names on one and six on the other but on the breastpiece there were Twelve individual names, and that went over Aaron's heart. So whenever he went into the presence of the Lord, he always bore the names on his heart as he entered into the presence of the Lord God Almighty. All of the names were to be based on the order of the children of Israel. Our first point that we're going to consider today. Familiarity of the person should not be confused with God's anointing. Familiarity of the person should not be confused with God's anointing. While while Aaron was in Egypt and the people knew who he was, God's calling on his life and the new role that he was given changed the relationship of how he was to be viewed. They weren't to say, oh, that's Aaron. That's Jacobed's son. That's the boy I used to run with back in the day. What's up, Aaron? No. His role is changing. There are a lot of times when people become familiar, says I've known that boy all my life. I always know him as such and such. But when God's anointing is placed on the life of a person, it changes the relationship. The ordination of Aaron and his sons placed him and them in such a role that they were now to stand for themselves and for the people before the Almighty God. It was the Lord at the beginning who called Moses. When Moses was on was on the backside of the desert. And the Lord says, uh, Moses, I am sending you to Egypt. You're going to be the one that I'm going to use to deliver my children from bondage. Moses says, I don't want to do it. Don't talk well. Who Who am I? The Lord says, no, you're the one. I got the right person. Lord, okay, um, I don't talk too well. I, uh, uh, Lord, I, um, I'm... See, Lord, I can't talk well. The Lord says, who made the mouth, Moses? Well, that excuse didn't work. After he went through, goes through all of the, the excuses, Moses at the end finally says, God, I just don't want to do it. That's how we get. Get to the place where we tell God, God, My excuses ain't working. I just don't want to do it. Get somebody else. The Lord said, Moses, I'm going to use Aaron. Since you said Aaron speaks better, fine, I'll use him. But I'm still calling you to go and to do what I told you to do. You're the person that's in charge. Fine, I'll use Aaron. But you're still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some of you all as kids. Y'all try to get out of doing certain things. Give all these kids to your parents. All kind of stuff. They stand in and listen. Uh huh. Now get it done. <laughs> and all you things that you just said out the window. Still go do it. The ordination service would be one where Aaron and his sons would be looked at totally different, they would be the instrument that God was going to use as his mediators. When it gets to the place where the Lord said that Moses washed them, hmm, the water, the water, there was a basin that was at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The Lord told him that part of the ceremony would include washing. Water does not wash away sins but it signified the purification of sins symbolically. It was the ritual, the symbol that God was using to show that I am cleansing you to perform the duty that I'm calling you now to do. The water water symbolized a preparation for a new call on your life. Cleansing from the past to walk. In the new calling of God, we must all know that we are to be washed in the Word. Even here we see a picture of baptism when a person is to leave their old way of life and walk now in newness of life. Baptism, when I go down into the water, it says I am identifying. Now we get it. I'm identifying with the Lord in His death and rising to walk in newness of life as He rose from the dead. This was a symbol, one of the symbols. God said, Moses, wash them as they're being dedicated for my service. God having everybody present for this ordination. Everybody had to be there. God was making a transition. And there was going to be now an expectation as well. Leviticus chapter 8, verses 23 and 24. The blood placed on the right ear, the right thumb, the right big toe. Evidently, it is believed that the blood put on them, in one respect, it, it, it signified also the blood that was put on the horns that were in the altar. Do you, you see there are times when the Lord says, Take the blood and go put it on the horns in the altar? The horns were sanctified. The horns were set apart for God's for for God's use. And so, when they would go into the temple, they could never enter the temple without blood. It was always pointing to the future. God was establishing that something had to die in order to save you. There had to be a sacrifice when sin. Entered the world. The relationship that had been established in the garden where God could just come down and spend time with Adam and Eve. Just come and they could walk with God. But the moment sin entered, there was a separation. No longer could God just, could they just come into the presence of God because there was a barrier that separated his people. So when God says, Adam, where are you? God wasn't senile, wasn't lost. Adam, the relationship that we have, that we have had has been broken. Where are you in the relationship that was established? The Lord then had to take an animal, a sheep, it is believed, and he clothed them. Y'all remember some, some, some time ago Sister Michelle preached this sermon and they a a message where they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, and she brought some fig leaves. Now, don't y'all come to church with no fig leaves. Please. Why? Because fig leaves got holes all through them. They tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. Come on, Adam. I can see them. Come walking down these figly for the Lord. Hey, Lord. What's up, Lord? Adam, what, what's wrong? Um That woman you gave me <laughs> She's a culprit. That's where the blame game started right there. You ain't got to look no further. Where did it start? Right there at the beginning. Adam blamed his wife, and Eve blamed the serpent. And all of them received a curse from God. So when the blood was applied, it signified in one aspect the horns, that which is dedicated to the exclusive use of the Almighty God, placing it on their ear, their toe, we have to recognize that when God calls us, there's a responsibility to do what he says. When the Lord placed the blood on them, it was saying that I'm going to walk. I'm going to speak. I'm going to do what the Lord has said for me to do. It was saying that I'm being sanctified, I'm being set apart now for God's exclusive use for this purpose. You see, when the Lord had given them the commands and given them the Ten Commandments because all the other laws hadn't been given, but when he gave them his word. It is now being confirmed in the priesthood. The priesthood is now being established at this time here. There's a transition that's taking place. The ordination. The literal name for ordination means to feel the hands. That's what the word means. Ordination means to feel the hands. Do you remember when Moses, you may not have read this part, but when Moses, Moses placed the the, the, the offering, the burnt offering, he placed it, I believe, the burnt or the sin offering, but he placed the offering in their hands and they had to wave it before the Lord. You know, the wave offering is a, is a form of worship to God. They would take the offering, place it in his hands and he had to wave it before the Lord before it was going to be consumed on the altar. God's portion. And so Moses t- takes that offering, places it in the hands of Aaron and his sons, after they had put their hands on its head to signify, my sins are being transferred to this animal. And then, once it was cut up in pieces and about to be presented, they had to wave it before the Lord. This is part of the ordination to feel the hands. God is saying, I'm doing something here that is going to be different. You need to understand this is very significant because it deals with the priesthood that God is now going to be honoring as it is put in place. Never forget when the Lord told Pharaoh, let my people go so that they can go worship me because I've got to teach them some things. And this has been established at Mount Sinai. Their consecration was not going to be complete until God says, until the seven days. Stay right there, Moses told him, until the seven days. I need to say this. God's grace to Aaron... It's being shown through very brightly as Aaron was the chief sinner who led the people in disobedience to God by building the golden calves. Get this. Aaron was the chief sinner. And it is only by God's grace that he's going to now become the chief priest. Even though Aaron tried to say, Moses, you know how the people are. Moses left Aaron and her in charge when he went up to the mountain. And Moses said, Aaron, you let the people get out of control. Aaron could have been done away with right there. But it was God's grace and mercy that he's going to use Aaron as the mediator between him, the Lord, and the people. Way back on Mount Sinai before Moses even left, he didn't know what was in store, but God said, I'm going to use Aaron too. But still, you can't get out of your responsibility. Some of y'all have been trying to get out of your responsibility. I know, I know, I know, I know. I take your quiet as a a signal that that, that I hit home. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Find somebody else, Lord. Lord, I'm praying, oh, that this position be filled. Thank you, Lord, that you can fill this position. How about you? Thank you, Lord, that you have not called me to fill this position. (laughs) Ah, service unto the Lord. (laughs) We sometimes try to get out of it. But I want you to know this. When the Lord finally had Moses to go and Moses is doing his job, there is no turning back on Moses' part. He fulfills it in the most complete way. Point number two, transfer of roles. In Leviticus chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, we read again, Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting. When they came out, they blessed the people. Get this, seven days have now passed where Aaron and his sons have been in the temple, completing the ordination before the Lord. Now, during this time of ordination, they are still carrying out the daily sacrifices that are needing to be done. And the Lord says at, at, at the, in chapter 8, do not leave the temple or you'll be destroyed. Stay right there. Don't leave until you're, until it's time. On the eighth day, Moses comes. and This is where we pick up at 9. They are coming out of the temple after being in the presence of the Lord. And the glory, listen to this, of the Lord appeared to the people. Part of the reason that the Lord told them to stay, he said to them, so that my glory will appear to the people. God says, I'm going to come down and visit you. You see, one of the reasons why God does not reveal himself to some people is because they're in sin. They have not consecrated themselves. Lord, I spent, I've been with you 10 minutes, and I don't hear you ain't helped me yet. Okay, fine, I'll give you 15. I've been praying for this for one day, and God still ain't answered the prayer yet. That's how we are. And God has been calling us all our lives. Uh, I'll get back to you, Lord. I, 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 I'll respond, Lord, in, in a moment. I was talking to a person the other day, a person that told me, I'm going to come to church. So I saw him a couple, I saw him once to talk to him, and I saw him just the other day. I said, hey, such and such, I'll come and pick you up for church. Hey, I might be busy. I said, you called me, remember, and said, you want to come to church? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be out of town this week. And then he said, but I'm coming. I look, drove off, and went like this as I'm driving. We better be careful when the invitation goes that we don't keep refusing to hear and to do what the Lord says. There are a lot of people where the call has gone out. They ain't responding. Uh, 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 Let me get back to you? That ain't the answer. That he should have been given. It should have been, hey, what time? Or next week, I'm out of town this week. Call me next week, I will be there. Got nothing to do? What you got to do, man? I'm, he, and he told me, that, I'm busy. Busy? B- busy breathing God's air? Busy walking on the legs that God gave you? Busy choosing the direction you go because God's given you a brain to be able to think and He's given you eyes to see. Busy? Oh my goodness. You are too busy. Stay there seven days until it's done, Aaron and your sons. At the completion, The Lord will appear. So because of the obedience, we see the Lord. Here it says, And the glory, in verse 23 of chapter 9, of the Lord appeared to all the people. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord, and it consumed the offering. Isn't this great? When you think about what God was doing, the burnt offerings were burnt in the courtyard. It was burnt on the burnt offering, the altar. And, and and the, the pieces that, that the Lord had said for the ordination, Moses arranged them, but it was the Lord who consumed the sacrifice. It came out from the presence of the Lord. Ah, look at what God is doing. The Lord says, I have accepted this new order of the priesthood. I have established it. This is now what I'm choosing and using to work through. And out of the presence of the Lord, he put fire to the burnt offering and consumed it. Now look at what it says next. Fire came up from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down shouted for joy and triumph and worship, shouted for joy at the fact that God appeared, shouted for joy as they saw this display of God's power. They were also there to say that we are in agreement to what God is doing. It was believed that the elders would be the ones near the courtyard and all those people would be surrounding that whole area, standing there for the ordination of the priest. Now get this, Moses was never a priest. Moses was never anointed as a priest. And the Lord says, now this is what's happening. Moses has been the mediator. That's changing now to Aaron and his sons. There was a transfer of mediation from Moses to the priesthood now of Aaron. It is now established that Aaron and his sons are to be the ones to stand before the Lord, and when Moses and Aaron came out and blessed the people, they came out. After you saw that they came out, and the Lord consuming that, it said, "I've accepted this new order. Aaron is going to be the one now that stands in my presence." We got to be careful with familiarity. Got to be careful, because you might know somebody, but when the anointed and God is doing something new, it changes. The roles. Point number three, and I'll be done. Sin cut off by God. Chapter ten, verses one through three. We should never confuse sin as ever been acceptable to God. Here it is: Aaron's sons and the people. Now, this is this has happened two times that I that draws my mind to it. Get this. After a joyful time of worship, God's power, God's sacrifices, sacrifice being consumed. No sooner after that happens where the priest Aaron's sons, two of them, they sin. Nadab and Abihu took their censers and put fire in it. Now, it is interesting that there are various ideas Is the emphasis on the fire, is the emphasis on the incense that had to be used? Did they bring unauthorized? It said in some Bibles, they brought strange fire. Did they bring coals that were outside of the camp? Did they let the fire go out? Did they get too close to the Holy of Holies? They brought strange fire after the Lord had just demonstrated his confirmation of the priesthood, and then they came in their own regard and said, "Oh, this is cool. We're gonna take these censers, and what do you think? I think we can use that one. I think we, we can. Let's try this." And brought strange fire, and the Lord says, "What is that?" And the same fire that consumed the burnt offering came out from the Lord and consumed the priests. Right after a time of fellowship and rejoicing. Hallelujah. Everything stopped. Think about Ananias and Sapphira we just spoke about. The church is experiencing growth. They are just happy. And all of a sudden there's a death. You see, we have to be careful in our jubilation. We have to be careful in our excitement. That we don't go out and just sin. I'm just, whoa! I can go have some sin now. I want to top it off. And I need you to get this. This is one of the indications where in the Word of God, where Moses then says, Aaron, now didn't I tell you? (laughs) This is what I was talking about. Among those who approach me, God says, I will show myself holy. God's holiness means God's judgment. When we think of God's holiness, it involves God's judgment. God is a holy God. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2, it says, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Every time we decide to transgress the will of God, we are taking a chance. We are relying on God's mercy. I thank God every time when I say, "Oh, I blew it," that God's mercy says, "Now repent." <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, Lord. I responded in a totally different ways. I shouldn't have, should have said, mm, "I shouldn't have said that," shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have thought that. And I'll get them back for what they did to me. I'm gonna get them soon enough. I told you that story. I'm about to close. Told you that story. I was working in Oakland, and my my I used to call her my second mother. Ah, her daughter was so upset with her son, her brother. She had three kids. The daughter was living in Sacramento. Drove in the middle of the night, kind of a two one or two o'clock in the morning. Drove to sac to Oakland, opened the door and slapped her brother side the head, boom, and ran out the house and drove back to Sacramento. She had been holding this for years. I'm going to get you. In the middle of the night, she used to call me, son, do you believe this? I said, she did what? And he's sleeping and beat him up on the couch and ran out the house. Back on her way to Sacramento. Lord, have mercy. Lord. Lord. Be careful who you get upset. Be careful. The Lord says, I will show myself holy in the sight of all the people. I will be honored. And the Bible says that Aaron remained silent. I have to think that when Aaron remained silent, my mind goes to the shock of what he's feeling. His two sons have just been killed. The Lord says to Aaron and his other two sons, you can' grieve all the people, all the other relatives can, but don't you Aaron remained silent in shock, and the Lord and, and I and I think Aaron must have been thinking about, oh my goodness, his mind was probably just racing back to the golden calf that could have been me i I, I was spared, and now I look and see. My goodness, my sons, my boys. And the fear of the Lord was place in the people that day that you don't approach God just any old way. And they offered unauthorized fire. And it wasn't because they didn't know. They're the same that says the best way to drop a habit or to get rid of a habit is to keep dropping it. Well, I say kill the habit. I think sometimes we have to be careful that we at times become too familiar with God. And because we become too familiar with God, we don't show him the proper reverence that he deserves. The honor that he deserves. The recognition that's before him. And the Lord says, I am jealous of my own name. And he's guarding his own name. He's guarding his own Holiness. And I tell you that day that it was clear. Now when we later began to look at the history of the Israelites and at the history of God's people, soon we began to see a lot of sin enter in in regards to what they did and the priests. And, but you know, when we think of God's mercy, it should never be confused with still God's holiness. Remember this, when God sanctifies And sets in place his order and says, this is now what I'm using. We have to be careful and be sure to go by that. It was interesting that the Lord at this ordination service confirmed and told them exactly how it should be done. And they were responsible for obeying it. Do you not know there is great reward in just obeying God? Do you not know that your blessings come just from the fact of just being obedient? It's not because of all the different things that you think you should know. No, it is simply being obedient to God's Word. That's where the, the crux of the matter is. Can I be obedient to what God says? Will I be obedient? Because that's where the blessings of God actually flow, It's from being obedient to His mighty Word. The priesthood is established. Is there anything in your life today Will you have not given over to God? Is there unauthorized fire, unauthorized things in your life that God says I'm not pleased with? Is there anything that God will look down and the fire of God will just burn it up? You, you see, you want your sacrifice to be consumed by God's fire, not you. You get me? We want our sacrifice of of praise to be. Honored God to honor and to and to ex- accept. But we don't want to be consumed. We don't want to become the burnt offering. Bow your head. Great question. I think one of the things that we always have to keep in mind is that God is never, does not ever have to give us chances once he's already made it clear what his word is says. The Bible says, For the wages of sin is death in Romans six twenty three. The Lord had already been working with them and had just established the priesthood, just confirmed it, and they were present. They remained seven days. They were there. They saw it. They were the priests. And then they violated it. And the people would have been thinking, if they can do it, we can do everything they do. And God says, absolutely not. And he's established from the very beginning. Don't play with me. And it stopped it in its track right there. Bow your heads. Today, Lord, we... Recognize that we come before a holy God. You are a consuming fire. And then we look at the compassion of God. There are times when we think that we can take advantage of your goodness. The Bible says, Lord, you are jealous for your own name. And It is our prayer today that we will not become too familiar with you in the way that we live, what we say, what we do, but that we will always keep in mind that the Lord is watching, the Lord is guarding. Help us today in our service, in our walk. Help us today to know that we are today are the priest of God. We 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 are the the, the royal priests. We are we we have been called to walk as priests. The Lord's anointing are on his people, those that have accepted him. And because of that, Lord, we have to be careful to guard that which has been entrusted and put in us. What you were doing in the Old Testament, Lord, was being done and carried out in its fulfillment through Christ, representing all who is the fulfillment, rather, of all that God was doing. We are the precious stones today. We are the jewels that makes up the crown. We are the people that God has, has called to himself. We are the family of God. May we make sure we acknowledge and see that we are somebody else in Christ. We belong to the king of glory. And so we pray today that you will help us to never forget the calling, the anointing that has been placed on the lives of your people. So today we pray that we will be careful what we say, how we live, and what we do. We thank you today for your loving kindness, how you chose Aaron. Even though he didn't deserve it, it shows how great God is. Made him the chief priest in his family. We pray today that we will walk in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. Careful what we say and do. Always recognizing that God is watching. We give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. We see you on Tuesday night.